Hi, everyone. My name is Frank Nam, and I welcome you all to the latest edition of the We Belong Here podcast powered by Civic Commons. Today, we have an amazing special guest. We have the mayor of Tacoma serving her second term, Victoria Woodards, and we're just so honored to have uh, her honor here with us. We're going to talk about belonging. We're going to talk about the, the, the role of cities and how to create belonging, why it's important. We're going to talk about Tacoma, and we're going to ask some questions. So I'm really excited to have the mayor on board here. Yeah, in well, person. Yeah, and I know this is really great, and I'm so delighted that you reached out and I get to participate. No, I can't, I can't wait to have this conversation, and we're really grateful for your time. I know you're very busy. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, we always like to start this podcast off with the same exact question that we always use, which is we love the idea of origin story. Mm-hmm. Like, and we want to know what is your origin story? How did, you know, what are the people, the places, the events that got you to where you are now? Wow. Yeah, you know, what shaped your life this way? Yeah. Well, if everybody wants to sit back, um, it take me about four or five hours, but I can tell you my whole life origin story. But I think we're going to go a little bit quicker yeah, than let's that. Let's go a little, <laughs> a little quicker you know, than no, that. I appreciate that. But, but, I, but I, think, I think origin, I agree with you. I think origin is really important. What makes a person who they are? And so just, just very quickly, my father is from Mississippi. He mm. was in the, the Air Force. My mother um, is from England. And they met oh. while my father was stationed in England. Wow. So, um, so then moved to the United States. States and um, and and so that's kind of that's kind of how it, it, it all started. I was born in California, but moved to Tacoma when I was three, and I've been here ever since. So Tacoma is the you only are, place I yes. call. I am Tacoma through, yeah, through and, and through. through. Yeah. I don't know anything else but Tacoma. But um, anyway, so grew up here in Tacoma. Um, went to to school here, public school here. Graduated from Lincoln High School, and mm-hmm. when I was at Lincoln High School. Um, everybody was talking about, you know, nobody was really talking to me about going to college. Mm, I wasn't a huge fan of, of school. It was not my, it was not my favorite thing. No. So, but, but, but I loved, I loved being in school. I just, the, the rigorous, um, uh, studies and course studies and all that, that it was, it was good because it shaped who I am, but I just, nobody was talking to me about college. And so it wasn't in my mind. So I joined ROTC in my senior year, mm, yep. ended up joining the military and thought, you know, ended up being an ROTC and then eventually joining the military when I graduated. And I thought this is going to be a really great way to um, serve because I always love to serve, mm. but to also travel and see the world. Right, right. So I joined the military and after being on the East Coast for training, got stationed at Fort Lewis, Washington, which as we all know is about 10 minutes 10 down minutes the road down from the road. Tacoma. Yeah, so my, back where you started. Exactly. So my whole idea of seeing the world ended me up right back here in Tacoma. That's pretty funny. So I stayed in the military for a while, got up, and then I started to go to work. So I worked mm. in the private sector, mm-hmm. um, worked in the public sector, worked in the nonprofit sector. And I will tell you, it's in the nonprofit sector mm. that I found in my calling. Yeah. Um, I, I went to work for the Tacoma Urban League. Yep. And it was there that I really saw the value of what it means to serve a community. Mm-hmm. It was there um, that I learned that if you make the small investment, if you give people hope yeah. that they can really transform their own lives, that we don't have the authority or the tools to empower somebody because we don't give power. I can't give you power. Power is in you. You just have to use it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I got to watch all this stuff happen at the Urban League. And Mm. there are a couple things I'll I'll talk about the Urban League because it's something that has really shaped me. One was um, we had an alternative high school. Okay. At, the, at the Urban League where kids could come and get their degree and get their high school diploma, I should say. And I went to work one day and um, went downstairs and the kids were painting in this room. And in the middle of them 
was was a guy with some black pants on and a red shirt mm-hmm. and an eye patch. And these okay. kids and these kids are all on the floor and they're blaring rock and roll music. And these predominantly BIPOC kids mm-hmm. um, are standing around with paint with a roller. I think they were using roller brushes painting. And then the teachers at the school, some of the teachers were letting this guy paint their shoes. And I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> Fair enough. Only to later find out, it, you know, an hour or so later, it was Dale Chihuly. With the eye patch. Yes. Yes, right? Right. Okay, now that makes sense. So Dale Chihuly in the middle of these this room with these young people, giving them an experience. Imagine how they feel today knowing that right. they were, I'm so mad I didn't get my shoes painted. Do you know how much money oh, I could have today? Oh, you could put that on softies. <laughs> it could be an auction. Exactly. You know, it could pay for a really nice vacation. But what it told me, what it taught me is that kids just need opportunity and exposure. Yeah, for sure. And what an uplift to kids who thought that they weren't going to make it through the system, that somehow it just wasn't wasn't for them. Right. And here they are painting with a world-renowned artist like Dale Chihuly. And so that's one thing at the Urban League that really opened my eyes. And the second thing was I had this menial job I had to do every month. This was back in the days when we didn't quite have computers in right. the same way we have them now. So right. we had Urban League memberships. And it was this big card file of four by six orange cards with the name, the date they joined, and the month and date they paid their last membership. Amazing. Every month I had to go through those cards and pull out all the ones for that month. Right, right. Right? Every name I touched, all of the 800 or so names that were in that card file Mm -hmm. are the movers and shakers were then and are now historically some of the people who helped shape this community yeah. and move this community forward, yeah. like Bill Barsma, like Bill Warehouser, mm. like Lyle Quasim, like John Ladenberg. Like, I mean, there's all these people who've been really like Karen Vial, yeah. like, you know, all these like all of these people who have been leaders like Mike Crowley. Like they're just all these leaders that. It just I, like Norm Dix, right? And yeah. I'm just touching the cards, Erling Mork, people even in labor that some people don't even know. Right. I was touching their card every month. And so that when I actually met some of these leaders, I felt like I knew them because I'd been touching their card. And so that's how I really got the knowledge base of the people who were who really cared and who yeah. were serving this community. So I always tell young people, don't don't think that any task is below you because you can learn something out Absolutely. of every task. Absolutely. And so those were kind of the two things that showed me that you can make a good investment and anything is possible if you show kids hope. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was that that the, any task, any way to serve is a way to learn. Yeah. And so I say that as I say that kind of as my origin story because it's how I really understood and working for Tom Dixon what service really Met. Yeah. Um, and then I left Tom to go work for Harold Moss, mm-hmm. who was who who was Tacoma's first African American council member, first African American mayor, Amazing. first African American county council Amazing. member. Not to mention all of the other things um, he did for us. Um, and so to be able um, to work for Harold in that in that policy setting. Um, to see what it took, to see what it meant to problem solve and bring everybody to the table. That was one thing. There are several things I learned from Harold, but one was to get everybody at the table together. And and disagree or not disagree, get everybody in the same room and let's talk about proximity matters. It does matter. And then and then the other thing I learned from Harold um, is it costs you nothing to give away a thank you. 
to acknowledge mm-hmm. someone for their impact on the work right. that you're doing. Right. Um, and 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 Harold, the, the best people um, for Harold to know, it wasn't the owner of the restaurant. It was it was the waiter, yeah. or it was or it was the the hostess the who's, hostess, who's the server, so, exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was like um, everybody matters and deserves the same amount of respect, mm-hmm. and that had always been in me. But Harold modeled it for me, mm. um, and just in addition to just who he was as a human being, um, that really shaped me, especially as um, as a politician. It also taught me that. Um, Everybody, everybody has a gift, mm-hmm. um, and 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 my my spiritual nature tells me that that gift should be used to uplift others, and that if you're given one, yeah. you have an obligation yeah, to yeah. use Don't it. Don't hide that light under no. the bushel, right? Yeah, no, no, on the mountaintop. Yeah, yeah. So, so it really, it really just, it he just really gave me. Um, he just, I guess, if I was, I thought about a plant, and he was really just fertilizing me, and then I just began to grow. You sprouted under yeah. Harold, yeah. and. Um, and and though he's no longer on this earth with us, he through that through the course of our relationship became a man I called my father, yeah. um, and became someone that I really really admired and respected yeah. for what he'd done for the African American community here in Tacoma. Wow, I you know there's a I used to be part of an organization called um, City Year where we hire AmeriCorps members yep. out of college and high school to work in public schools across the country, and we had a set of values and stories. And one of our values was the idea of like standing on the shoulders of giants, mm. right? And that's what exactly what that is, right? Like we, you know, you are the mayor of a major city in the U.S., right? Yeah. But you didn't get here just because of you. You got here because of the people before you. Absolutely. And I love that you're giving call and giving honor to the folks that you know that helped you get where you are. You have you have to. Yeah. I tell folks, um, especially people like Harold, what you know, when Harold was here and we just lost not too long ago, Dr. Dolores Silas, who was the first African American woman to sit on the city council here Amazing. in Tacoma. Amazing. Um, I think about Marilee Scarborough and Bill Moss and Ella Mae Crawford, who's no longer with us, but I also think about Marilyn Strickland. Mm-hmm. Whose shoulders I immediately stand yeah, on. Yeah, right before you. Exactly, yeah, yeah. and and I say to them, "Hey, sorry they got a little heavier. You know, I've tried to lose a little weight, but but I recognize that that those are the shoulders that I stand yeah, on. Absolutely. But then I have an obligation to build my shoulders mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that people for can next, for yep. the next generation. Yep. So for for the Tuana nobles, yes, of the world. I mean, yes. though, so I have for 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 the Kiara Daniels, who's now on my council. It is my job, and and for all women, but I especially feel a pull for Af- for African American women yeah. um, that someone someone made a way for me, and I have to be able to be the bridge that makes a way for someone else. Absolutely. Oh, man. You know, I love this idea, this story, um, sharing this question, because, you know, it gives people a chance to, like, talk about who they are. Mm-hmm. And for the 99% of the time, if not all the time, people respond to that question just the way you did. Yeah. About the people that influence them. There's definitely places. There's definitely, you know, events. But a lot of times it's the people in those events and the people in those places that yep. matter. You know, I had a friend. <laughs> he worked in the restaurant business in Seattle. And he remembers the, uh, you know, like watching like politicians and like CEOs and these very important people. And he can tell the people that he really enjoyed because they're the ones that talked to the hostess. Yeah. They're the ones that knew everyone's names. Yeah. Not just the owner, not just glad handing the people that are powerful. Yeah. But like everyone matters. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, a quality bringing that into politics. Yeah. You know, is such a huge deal. That's amazing. So you're the mayor of Tacoma. 
you you know, you said you've been here since you were three. This is what you know. This is where even like the military brought you back. Yeah, to. too. Like, fate I, I'm you not back, supposed to which leave. Which I think I think is really funny. Like fate was like, well, what do you think you're going? No, no, you're <laughs> staying right here. But how would you describe the city of Tacoma? To say say you met someone that's never been here. Yeah. Right. You're on a trip someplace else. Um, how would you describe it? What's the vibe? What's the narrative of the city? You know, it's really funny that you that you uh, use kind of uh, a phrase or a phrasing, and it's something I say all the time when you said it's really people. It's it's not, it, I mean, the place has something to do with it, but it's really about the people. And I tell people all the time, well, first of all, I happen to think that I'm mayor of the greatest city in the universe, right? I mean, um, and last week I had 300 um, elected officials from across the country who were here. Oh, the, oh, the wow. National League this of Cities. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were here for the leadership meeting. And by the time they left, they're like, I see why you call your city the greatest city in the universe. But but what I say that to people and I say, you know, we have I mean, we have incredible waterfront, right? We I can have, see it from here. You can see it from right? We've got letting our listeners know I can see the beautiful waterfront from this window. So you, you you can see that you we have the Tacoma Dome. We have downtown, we have a working port, we have distinct neighborhoods. We boast a, you know, we we've got great public edu- public public education schools. We've got two-year, four-year technical colleges. We've got a slew of museums. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 then even on top of that's that's great. We get to see Mount Rainier on a on a sunny day, oh, right? Yes. Um, and all those things are really special. But to me, what makes Tacoma Tacoma are the people who choose to call it home. Mm. So so that is how I describe my city to people. But there are some other other things I would say to somebody. So I think that Tacoma I, I, we, I, we just moved. We are the 101st largest city in the country. Wow. So we're, we are a big city, but we're a city that still has very much a small town Mm -hmm. feel. Mm -hmm. Um, we, you can get to places quickly, but we're also far enough apart that somebody can't just drop by your house unannounced. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so it's like, but you can get in your car within 20, 25 yeah. minutes. You can be from the furthest end of one part of Tacoma to the other end That's of Tacoma. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we have an award-winning park system. Um, we were dubbed by the National Parks and Recreation Association as the gold standard of parks for a city our size. Wow. Um, we boast a, a 90% graduation rate from public schools in Tacoma. 90%? 90%. Wow. And so when you think about what, when you think about that, um, I mean, so we've got a good public education. We've got education system. We've got a great quality of life in Tacoma. While we're unaffordable for a lot of people, we're still affordable to a lot of people who are moving out of other areas in and around Tacoma, moving to Tacoma to the region. Um, We are a community of creatives. Mm. Um, You get Del Chihuly. some years ago, we were we were in the top numbers as it relates to creatives who live here. We passed one-tenth of one percent for the arts in Tacoma, voted on by the people that didn't lose in a single solitary district in Tacoma. Wow. And so when you think about just all those things that we have in our city, um, I think that's how I describe it. We are the city of destiny. And I think that name fits Tacoma. I love that name. Uh, yeah, it, it yeah. means something. It's amazing. Yeah. And within two hours, you can be in a Mount Rainier or within two hours, you can be putting your toes in the Pacific Ocean. So we're also centrally located. You are centrally located. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's uh, I have friends that, you know, have lived in other parts of the state. And they, as they are getting priced out of like these expensive places uh, north of you, it's just, 
you know, at first they're like, oh, I guess I can afford to come out. And then they get here and they're like, oh, this is not a step down. This is a step up. Like the city, the people, the atmosphere, the way people treat each other is so different. And you're exactly right. It is a large city. Yeah. But it has not lost that small, small town vibe. Not at all. You know, there's like the way people in both government and, uh, you know, business leaders and uh, community leaders. It seems to me from my perch, like, wow. People actually get along and they're willing to work together. Yeah. I think our collaborative spirit is something that is unique to Tacoma as well. I think um, when it comes to facing issues, we're not afraid to sit down in the table, sit down at the table, even with people we disagree with, mm-hmm. to take the issue head on. Mm-hmm. Um, our county executive has said before, and I quote him for this, he says, you know, that we, we do it the Pierce County way. Ooh. And that is a coalition of the willing people come together to to focus their energy on what we can do together. Right. And then we leave all that negative energy to the side of what we don't agree on. Because there's a, what we don't agree on, because there's bound to be several things we do, do agree, agree on. on. Finding those shared values yep. is such a big part of it. You know, we live in a day and age, and this is even before the pandemic, yep. right? Where the uh, the American um, the Immigrant Council has come out with this study called the Belonging Barometer, mm-hmm. right? And so in that study, they measured belonging across five uh, areas, family, friends, work, community, and the country. Hmm. And did you, you know, the, the findings of this for Americans are that 74% of Americans don't feel like they belong to their own community, mm. which is a number that is far too high, right? And then... One out of almost one out of five people feel like they don't belong to all five areas, right? The U.S. Surgeon General has come out and said that we're in a pandemic of isolation mm-hmm. and, and, and loneliness, yeah, and that impacts people in such a great way. So, when you know, obviously, you talk to Michael, who's the civic architect of yep. Civic Commons, your yep. friends, you've, you've known each other for a while. But when you think about belonging, what can increasing a sense of belonging for all residents here? do to make the city more vibrant, more healthy, more equitable? You know, I never thought I'd be um, the person who would say this because people did this to uh, me a lot when I was younger, when they would say, well, I remember back in my day. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. Oh, God, give me a break. And now I'm go. the person going, well, back in my day. But, you know, there, it was different. We were just talking about this um, just a couple of days ago, my city manager and I, because we um, went out and visited some of our late night spots. And we were just talking about um, just how different it was when we were growing up, how you knew your neighbor, how you could you, you would leave out the door in the morning in the summer at nine o'clock and you'd come home at five o'clock and your mother or father wouldn't be worried about where you were. They just knew you were in the neighborhood and it created this sense of community. And I do believe um, we've been losing it, but I think the pandemic only it only put, you know, like a nail in that yeah, coffin yeah. and people are even more um uh, they're, they're they're even more alone and more sheltered and more closed off, um, and and I think it does it hurts us as a community. I think when we think about some of the issues that are facing our community, when we think about the uptick in crime, when we think about mental health, mm-hmm. when we think about um, depression, all of these things that are plaguing our communities, a lot of it has to do with 
the interaction or the loss of interaction the with another of, yeah. human being. Absolutely. Um, and the fact that you feel like nobody cares and and all of that. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, when we think about lawing, I think about a council meeting. I have people who show up at my council meetings every week mm-hmm. or, or a couple times a month. And, and when they don't show up for a while, we, we notice, start to we notice yeah. and we start to get worried because this is where they belong. This is where we see them. Yeah. And so, but but to me, when we think of, when we think and talk about belonging, belonging for a community, when people feel like they belong, then they feel like they own, they have ownership, they have a Absolutely. stake in its success. Absolutely. They have and yep. so I think as we talk about some of those issues I just mentioned, um, people are not as concerned. Um, people are too afraid to engage. And so it allows other behaviors to happen because they feel like nobody's going to do anything anyway. And so um, when people don't feel like they're a part of a community, then there is no community. Right. Um, you can't have a community without having people who who are a part of it, who work with each other, who care for each other. Um, we know that that the reality is, is that um, laws alone can't fix all of that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so it's got to be the individuals that make a community, um, that that make others belong. During, just before COVID, I was, or we were working on standing up what we call a com- compassionate Tacoma. Mm. And and as the, as the pandemic hit, um, um, we we didn't do it for a couple of months, but then we launched into it. And so every month we've been recognizing someone in the community who is nominated or, or their name is put forward as a compassionate member of this community. And those are the people, those are the helpers, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those are the ones who, um, who bought groceries for their neighbors, who checked on their senior neighbors. I had a gentleman that, that we gave a recognition to who was living across from an encampment that had taken over their neighborhood. And while other people had other things to say about the the encampment, this was the man who who brought his hose in front of his house in the morning so that they could have access to water. This is a man who who helped them plant a garden. This is a man who who just, so, so he was a compassion. That's somebody... But that's a person who feels comfortable that they belong and that right. their neighbors right. belong. Right. And so and so I really I think recognizing those, lifting those stories up and those people up Absolutely. gets other people to see what it means to be compassionate, what it means to be a giving person yeah. in this community. Yeah. I mean, you basically answered and started going to my second question or my next question, which is right, the I've always talked about, um, and so we built this thing called the uh, uh, belonging compact. Yeah. It's kind of like a social contract. It has three values. And this is not something that we on high as Civic Commons decided. This is years of conversation, storytelling with community members from all across lived experiences and backgrounds and sectors. And the three that came up were belonging, which makes sense. Right. <laughs> Love and justice. Mm. And when I think about justice, and I think it's uh, Cornell West who said this. Justice is what love looks like in public, right? And what is that that quote? I want to make that like, if I ever, you know, pass away, I would love to that quote to be on my tombstone. Just because yeah. love is what justice, justice is what love looks like in public. And I've said this before on the podcast. I'm sure our listeners have heard me talk about this. But government and policies, just like you said, they can only do so much. Right. Right. You can't make your neighbor love or have compassion for each no. other. No. But just like you said, this idea of like compassionate Tacoma, like, you know, a, a compassionate Tacoma, 
that's exactly what the city can do because they can uphold the, uphold the narratives of people and the values. who are the values, right? And that's how people feel inspired and connect and realize there is another way. Absolutely, I understand the families or the, the neighbors who can see an encampment and feel worried or concerned. Right. That's totally natural. But it does, you do need to feel like you belong for you to, you can't, you know, what did, what did they say? You can't pour from a empty vessel. That, yes. Right? Yep. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's is exactly right. And I love the fact that, you know, from the mayor's office, you see what you can do through policy and legislation, but you know that community has to move with love. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't ask for what you're not willing to give. Mm. So if you want people to love each other, if you want people to be compassionate with one another, if you want people to respect one another, they have to feel that they're loved and respected. Yes. And um, and that is absolutely, I lead with love yeah. every day. I have to. Um, I am a hugger by nature. <laughs> I love um, it. I am a hugger. And, um, and, and I own it. And again, as I was just talking about last week, um, when, when we had people in town and we were over at the hotel and at the convention center and I walk into the convention center and I'm hugging the convention center staff and they're like, do you hug everybody? I go, I see these guys all the time. And they're like, you really, it's like, no, I lead with love when people come to our council meetings. When I first got to, when I first became mayor, we had actually, had actually put a moratorium on public comment because it gotten so out of hand. And, 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 and I certainly understand that I was a council member. I've seen it get out of hand. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think, I, I do think that as, as public servants, it's our responsibility to hear and to create an environment where we can hear. Um, we, we worked to, to do away with that. And now we've instituted, you know, it's, it's been back for, for probably after the first three months that I was here, we, we now have, um, public comment still. We have, um, we have community forum. And then in COVID, we added a second one. So we have two community forums. Now we've less than the time, but we still have two opportunities. And, and what I started doing and do every single time, you can get up and and say whatever you, I mean you have to with you have to you have to say within whatever the with boundaries the are yeah, yeah exactly yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you can say whatever you want to say and i've had people get up and say very negative things about me and at the end of that learn this from Harold Moss and believe it in my soul i say thank you mm-hmm. every time thank you for your comments thank you for your time you coming here doesn't mean that you have to agree with me or anybody on the council or pat us on the back or try to make us feel good your your opportunity to come here is to be able to express what you're, what you feel, and and what you want to see, mm. um, but you got to do it with love and respect. Yeah. And what is so wonderful is we had a very contentious meeting. Um, I don't know. I, time goes by so sure. slowly or so yeah, quickly right, now, right. but some time ago, exactly right. And it was very contentious. And one of the things I don't like to do is let people clap. Because if you're clapping for one person and a person gets up who has a who has an opinion that is different than yours, right, and, then no one cla- and no then one claps yes. for that person, then that per- that person is already nervous. So I try to. It's very respect. othering. It it's is. Very othering. It's very othering. So we want belonging. We want everybody to feel that no matter what your opinion is on any issue, you belong here and you deserve the opportunity to share it. And when the when the when the meeting was over, um, and we took a vote that didn't make everybody happy, a person came up to me and said, "You know what?" Um, I don't agree with the vote that you took, Mm. but what I witnessed today made me really proud of the place that I live. 
because because I got to see everybody, no matter what their opinion was, respected for their opinion. And so I always say thank you. Um, at the end, I always try to remember to say thank you for coming. Thank you for showing up. But I, I use thank you with every single person who makes yeah. a comment. It's gotten to the point now where they come, where people come and they go, thank, for, thank you for allowing me to speak tonight. And it's like... You don't have to thank you us. Thank that's, our that's our job. This is democracy. But, 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 but the respect. But the respect in a two-way street. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So so we really, I mean, I think that I think that government has a role to play. No, we can't, we can't legislate no. it. But I think if we act with love model and it. compassion, we if we model it, there you go. We can't we can't mandate it, but we can model it. Yes. Um, then then it actually it will show up in what we do. And I think when people know that you love and care for them, they may not always agree with you, but they can respect you because they know where you're coming from. Right. Um, and that, that to me, is, is very important. Yeah. One of the four disciplines, uh, practices we have uh, gathered from community around building belonging, one is you know, the art of conversation and storytelling. Right? And that's really a chance for people in the community to tell their story, tell what they're feeling. Right, talking from their lived experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's really powerful that that's an element that's baked into, well, obviously it's baked into democracy, but leaders can model it in different ways. Absolutely. And you all are doing it in a, a powerful way here. Well, one thing I, you know, I coached at Franklin High School in Seattle for uh, six, seven years. Oh, yeah. What oh, did yeah. you coach? Uh, I coached Ultimate Frisbee of all things. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are always like, uh, Frisbee. that's different. That's different. That's not, you know, but. In the uh, south end of that neighborhood, of that the city, young people love it, especially young kids of color. Wow. Right? So it's just like a big sport. But I just, you know, I learned so much from young people, right? It's not mm -hmm. just like a one-way street. I'm not just coaching them. But lately, you know, in the last few years, they've been saying this thing. You know, like when you go to a restaurant and someone gives you something or a good service and it's like, oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. So you appreciate, but the kids now they say like, "Yo, I appreciate you." Yeah, and they look him in the eye. Yep, and I love that. Right? It's not. Yeah, the service you did, I appreciate that, but I appreciate you, you for doing for the doing service. It, right? That's your job. Yeah, yeah. How you do it is what makes you different. Yes. Yes. Well, I appreciate you oh. for spending time. Um, one thing you know, as we are drawing this conversation to an end, we always want to give our guests a chance to because we want to amplify, we want to augment, we want to help community get the word out. And so we want to let you know, have you have that opportunity as well. What's going on in Tacoma in the next few weeks, in the next like month? Well, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, there are a lot of great things happening in Tacoma, but I will put out some things that I think are really important that are happening around our city that are coming up in the fall that people can engage with. But the first plug I'll get real quickly is that um, for people in Tacoma, as we're getting getting close to the end of summer, um, want to also remind um, everyone that we that uh, in partnership with Tacoma School District and the Health Department and Metro Parks and Pierce County, we launched um, Safe Places for Kids this summer, and it's happening um, in twelve spots in and around Tacoma. And it's an opportunity for kids to have a place to go from five p.m. to ten p.m. Mm. Um, in in the community in their community. Um, and so we've got uh, we've got community centers that are open. We've got schools that are open, but they can go and play basketball or have some outlet. They can also they, they feed them dinner every night. So just all kinds of opportunities for young people. So if you're in Tacoma and you're listening, um, be sure um, to go to MetroParks.org 
and you can get you can you can get the link there and find out how to get your kids enrolled in this. Then um, the other thing I want to talk about, speaking of belonging, um, and I talked a little bit about community safety. Tacoma is going to be um, having our kickoff event for our community safety strategy. What we learned in a lot of our um, studies during the pandemic is that. And we, and we knew this, but just dug in a little deeper. We don't have a common definition of the word safety in the city of Tacoma. And safety means different things to different people. Absolutely. And it means different things in different places. To some people, safety is watching a police car drive up and down their street Absolutely. all day. Yep. To others, uh, safety is making sure that there are street lights all the way down the street or that the park is safe for their kids to play in or that kids can ride their bicycles or that they know their neighbors, right? And so safety really comes 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 across in many different ways. Um, and so we want to have a community conversation about what safety means so that we can begin to really have a community safety strategy that isn't just embedded in policing because police are not the only people who keep a community safe. We have to have them. Mm-hmm. That's There's no doubt about that and respect them for the work that they do. But we also have to counter that or counterbalance I mean, we've got to work together to keep our community safe. And in order to do that, we need to understand what everybody means by the word safety. So so that'll be kicking off. And if people are interested, we don't have the date yet, Um, but we'll be having a big kickoff, um, hopefully in the month of September. But you can go to cityoftacoma.org slash safer together. And, and they can get the dates and stay stay up to date on what's happening. And then finally, real quickly, later in the fall, um, every year during my State of the City address, which happens in March, we announce a book. And we have a Tacoma Reads book um, mm. that, that we announce. And it's a book that we read together. And then in the fall, we normally bring the author to Tacoma. Well, this year's book um, I'm really excited about because it's a book um, that focuses on homelessness. And it, uh, which is really, and it's it's about stigmatisms, and it's about foster care, um, and it's it's called um, it's the book is written by David Ambrose. Um, he is, uh, a, and it's his memoir, mm. and it's a place called Home, a memoir by David Ambrose, and we're bringing him here. Wonderful. And I've I've listened to the book. Already. I, I told a friend about it. She listened to it within like three days and said, I'm done wow. because it pulls Ooh, you yeah. in. Yeah. But he is a young man who has been through the foster care system. He has been homeless um, and he ends up um, he's, he's he has LGBTQ um, background. And so it, it's just the story just really um, shows what's how we can just look at somebody and make make a, make a full decision about who they yeah, are and what so they are exactly about about them. And so it's a wonderful book, but I'm excited about meeting David and having him here. But I'm also excited about the dialogue that we'll have leading up to that about how we don't, how we shouldn't just automatically place somebody in a category or judge them based on what we see that every single human be- being has a value mm-hmm. and can contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited about the conversations that we're going to have and really excited about having David here. And I hope that this is not just a book that we'll read, but this is another way that city government, that policymakers can step into really deep and meaningful conversations about things that are happening in their community, look at it from a different perspective, yeah. and then we can all love a little bit more. Oh, I love it. I uh, spent a few years working for an organization called Treehouse mm. in Seattle, but they work with foster youth 
and foster uh, parents and perhaps our families all across the state. They have statewide uh, initiatives. They've been to Olympia a lot to, you know, advocate for like foster care to 21, all these great policies. And so you're exactly, exactly right. When we see someone, we just see the tip of the iceberg. We don't yep. see everything that's below it. Yeah. And then we, we don't actually realize those icebergs are actually connected to us. Mm-hmm. Right? We're actually coming from the same space. So I love it. Don't assume. Um, hear people's whole humanity. Hear their story. And that's definitely the art of belonging. Absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 that, is, that is what makes everyone feel like they're a part of something when they're seen by other people. There's no better way to end this podcast than <laughs> that, that sentence. You know, when people are seen, they feel like they belong. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's I, an honor so, to be here oh, with you. It's such an honor to be here with you. So <laughs> I'm sure we can do this back and forth quite a bit. So uh, to our listeners, we appreciate you listening in. Uh, on the description of this podcast are at civiccommons.org. We'll actually put the, the details of all the links and things that you uh, mentioned. Wonderful. So we'll make sure that that gets out there. And so we really appreciate you. Feel free to... Comment us, email us, let us know what you liked, what you want to know more of. And you know what? If you don't live in Tacoma, you should definitely get out here. It is amazing. So thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you soon.